Cody. Allow me to introduce myself. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Well, y'all done came a long way. I think that y'all have a certain amount of respect for, you know, what everybody else does. And y'all are just the best at what y'all do. This platform, the reach y'all have that you've earned, makes space for somebody like me. You guys have a direct line to the culture. Oh, my God. Angela Charlemagne and DJ Envy? Yes, you are. All I do is read about the Breakfast Club. Really? Every morning, That's good. you guys are trending. Every, uh, you know, I drag my ass out of bed. I'm like, uh, what happened on the Breakfast Club today? Get, get your ass off. Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It is Tuesday. Yes, it's Tuesday. Yes, it is, man. Still feels grim and gloomy, huh? Um, I'm not gonna say grim and gloomy, but I'm gonna say heavy. You know, I think that uh, still gloomy to me. It's still weighing heavy on people. You know, mm-hmm. you, you wake up in the morning. I just got a text from a partner of mine, and you know, he's a father, and he said he just can't get over. He said he just can't get over that that, that the fact that you know Kobe passed with his daughter like that. You know, as more and more details come out, it just makes you. It just makes it to me feels even more worse. So. Or even worse, I should say. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I think I think when you're a father, I think it's the. Uh, the whole idea of, you know, our job being able to protect and provide with being in a position with your daughter to where no matter what, there's nothing you could do to protect her in that situation. Well, they're still you know in, what I mean? Yeah, they're still investigating, but you, you just think about a lot of things that you... I don't, I don't want to say you don't necessarily think about, but you might not think about as much. Like, when you go you on... think a, about death. No, but when, like, you go on a plane, right, and the pilot has control of everybody's lives on that plane, do you really... Uh, yeah, I've been telling you that. Think about it. bus drivers. How many times have I told you that? Conductors. When I walk on an airplane, I say hi to the pilot. And when we land, I say, you know, thank you. I do that all the time. Or Uber drivers or Lyft drivers. You don't know who yes. you know. <laughs> yes, I do that all the time. You got to be extra nice to those people because you don't know what they're going you through. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know how their day is. You don't know their experience. You just, you honestly don't know. Man. Well, I was heartbroken watching the husband of the basketball coach who died on that helicopter, Christina Mauser. Oh, he that was, was horrible. Yeah, he called into the Today Show and... That hurt me. Oh, like he said he had to tell his uh, kids? Is that and, the one? Yes, he's mm-hmm. got three small children. Yeah. yeah, I saw an interview he did. That was, he did an interview. Yeah, that was yeah, on yeah. the Today Show. That was that was horrible. So, I, I don't know, man. Again, our condolences. And then I just don't like seeing people being negative in a time like this and having nasty, negative things to say. Well, you better move off this planet then. That's what this planet is built on. That's why I've been hanging, like, not going on social media, not looking at too much stuff, just because it's, I think it's just very disheartening the way people are in this world, some people. You got, but you know what, though? I'm not even going to say in this world. I'm going to say on social media. I think that's a social media thing. I, I think a lot of that stuff is performative. I think people do that because they just know they're going to get attention for it. Yeah. I just really do. I think they know they're going to get retweets. They know they're going to get likes. They know they're going to get people atting them. They're going to get written up in certain articles. Like, I just think certain things, you can't even give energy, man. Don't even, get that, don't even give that no energy. Well, Bishop T.D. Jakes will be joining us Man, this there's nobody I would want to talk to more. 
other than probably the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, but I definitely was thinking about Bishop T.D. Jakes the past couple of days, man. That is a, a person I consider one of my spiritual advisors, and I am glad he is joining us this morning. Yeah, you know you know what? In, in, in times like this, if, if you have kids, this is usually when your kids just ask a lot of questions, and a lot of questions I couldn't answer. You know, my daughter, you know, asked me yesterday, you know, hey, Dad, you know, if, if you have free will and, and we pray for God and we pray, you know, for, for God and our blessings and pray for things and, you know, when you look at situations like this, you know, why couldn't, you know, God put his hands in things and say, you know what, do this, do that. And, I, and some of these, I just don't have the answers well, for. Yeah, that's true, you know, but I mean, we, we we all do make choices as well. You know what I mean? Like you can't, I think sometimes we give God credit for choices that we make, you know? Sometimes there's just human error. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just but, that simple. You, you, know, hope, you hope God, you know, helps you through it, but sometimes it's just human error. But, you know, my God, you know, I talked to my daughter, and I was like, I said the same thing, and she was like, but if, you know, if God is is God, why couldn't he fix that human error? You know, that those three young children were on that pl- plane. That is a that is a great question. And that's all I can say, that too. That I don't have an answer for. And that's that's and I, exa- I think sometimes we try to make sense of the senseless. And that's exactly what I just, said. Some things just are. Yeah. It is what it is. That's it, baby. I'll, let's talk in the morning. Good night. All right, and also Steve Stout will be joining us this morning. Yes, Steve Stout will be here. He's got a uh, he's got Kobe stories too. He actually signed Kobe to his first record deal. Yeah, long relationship with yeah, uh, yeah, Kobe yeah, Bryant. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we'll kick it with both of them. Let's get the show cracking. Front page news. What are we talking about? Well, there was supposed to be a Lakers and Clippers game, and we'll give you information on what happened with that. Also, LeBron has uh, spoken about. Kobe. So we'll tell you what he had to say. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting with, Chi? Well, let's talk about the NBA. They officially postponed last night's Lakers versus Clippers game, or tonight's Lakers versus Clippers game that was supposed to be at the Staples Center out of respect for the Lakers organization after. Kobe Bryant's untimely passing. They said the game will be rescheduled at a later date. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought that was going to be something special tonight because when I saw that on the schedule, I was like, damn, the Lakers and Clippers playing tonight at the Staples Center? I'm like, that's going to be special. Could you imagine the emotions, though? They probably didn't want to play. They probably haven't grieved yet. They just probably just need some time to just just get it all out their system. Yeah, you know? I mean, grieving is a process, though. Mm-hmm. But, I, I, but I was just thinking about, you know, LeBron, the show he might have put on. It's all it's all very selfish reasons, by the way. Kawhi Leonard, you know, he had a relationship with Kobe. This, he, he, you know, trained at the Mamba Academy. Like, the, the show he might have put on. Like, I don't know. That would have been special. Mm-hmm. All right, now the UConn Huskies women's basketball team is also honoring Gianna Gigi prior to the game uh, last night against Team USA. They had a number two jersey on the chair with a bouquet of flowers also. That's where she was determined to play. Uh, she wanted to go to UConn. So. Wow. They honored her as well. And they said that Kobe had also trademarked uh, Gigi's nickname, Mambasita. So mm-hmm. I guess he was getting ready for her to be a star as well. All right, now over 1.4 million fans have signed a petition. They want the NBA to change the logo in order to honor Kobe Bryant. So that logo has been the same since 1971. It's the outline of Jerry West. Mm-hmm. So now they feel like this petition wants them to change that to be an outline of Kobe Bryant. 
I'm not mad at that, actually. I mean, you know, I don't even know what Jerry West did to deserve that honor, but I, I don't think that's a bad idea at all. Yeah, people are saying it's a great idea, but, you know, what happens when, you know, Michael Jordan, when Michael Jordan passes way down the line, you know? I, listen, God forbid, I don't think Michael Jordan would die as tragically as Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. That's just, right. you know what I'm saying? I think that's, that's, that's the honor. Right. You know, the fact that he died so tragically, mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen to Michael Jordan. Now, you can also watch Kobe's Oscar-winning short film, Dear Basketball, online for free right Right now, it's five minutes and 22 seconds. And it won an Academy Award two years ago. It was the best animated short film. It was based on the poem that Kobe wrote for the Players' Tribune in his final season in the NBA to announce that it would be his last season in the NBA. So if you want to check that out, you definitely can do that. Mm-hmm. I wonder how Jerry West feels about the NBA logo change. Has he said anything about it? I'm not sure. I haven't well, seen it. Because his, his word would go a long way because he's the logo. Right. All right, and I told you earlier, the husband of Christina Mauser, who also passed away in that uh, helicopter crash, Matt Mauser, was on the Today Show. He called in, and here's what he said. How difficult was that to tell them? Let's see. <laughs> I'd say it, you know, it was the hardest thing I've ever done, without right. a doubt. How do you tell a child their mommy's no longer with us? <laughs> so they screamed, they yelled, and I just held them. Let him scream, let him yell. Mm-hmm. I can't lie, and I was—I would always get nervous when she get on the helicopter. It's just something in my heart. Heartbreaking. No man, no man yeah. wants to be in that position. No, no, no man deserves to be in that position. I pray for that man. I pray for that man. I pray for that man. I pray for that man's family. Absolutely. Lord have mercy. Mm-mm-mm. All right, and that's front page news. Also, mercy. if you're looking mercy. for a uh, Kobe mercy. gear, Nike has uh, pulled Kobe's gear off the shelves. Why? Uh, well, they're trying to figure out what to do moving forward. Yeah, for right now. They don't want uh, people to resell for, for high numbers and things like that. So I guess maybe they're producing more so they won't have to deal with the uh, resellers. But for right now, they pulled it off the uh, off the Nike.com site. Mm. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset and you need to vent, phone lines are wide open. The number's 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So, so you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? This is Stuart, man. What's up, Envy? What's up, Stuart? Get it off your chest, bro. Chilling, man. South Cat. What's up, Charlamagne, Angela E? Peace, What's King. up? What's happening? First, I want to start off by saying R.P. to Kobe, his daughters, and every involved family, man. That's sad. But uh, that MSNBC reporter, Allison Morris, man. We got to stop forgiving these people for the blatant disrespect that they do and hold them accountable. You know, that was breaking news. And whether she knew sports or not, she shouldn't be in that position if she can't do her job. You know what I'm saying? It made me really upset that she... And I listened to the, the tape like a hundred times already. She clearly said man. Yeah, and I'm shocked that a progressive, uh, liberal-leaning network like MSNBC didn't at least suspend her. Mm-hmm. That's a terrible time to make a mistake. And she covered her own ass by making a quick statement, and that was that. You know what I mean? We never heard about it again. We got to start holding these people accountable, man. Centuries of the disrespect to our kind. Like, Kobe was a legend. And to have her say that, like, people don't get it, that to have her say that about the Lakers nation, and nobody's like, you know, I, I see people on social media defending her, black people defending her. Oh, she didn't say this. She didn't say that. I'm like, when will the slave mentality stop? <laughs> oh yeah, we put it in HD, bro, bro. She definitely said <laughs> Hello, who's this? This is Blind Beauty. Hey, Blind Beauty. How you doing? 
Good morning, you guys. Good morning, he. Good morning, Blind Beauty. Up, Blind Thank Beauty. you again, Blind Beauty. Blind Beauty did a uh, a song for me. And um, I just oh. want to say thank you. It came out really, really dope. Oh, well, you're welcome. I love Are we going to hear it? No. Soon, soon be it, soon be it. Soon be it. Soon be it. Soon, we just soon got, be it. We got to clear I some do? stuff. We got to clear some <laughs> stuff. We got to make sure everything is clear. Yes, I wanted to talk to you this morning. Um, first, about obviously, rest in peace to Kobe. And then I just wanted to say thank you to you guys because people just think like, oh, she gets through or trap gets through. But I've been calling forever. Once upon a time, Charlamagne told me I was trash at music. Mm. Once upon a time, I did a poem, you know. And you guys, like, I've grown with you guys as an artist, um, as a writer, and it just really mean a lot. And Charlamagne. Yes, ma'am. Okay? You always talk about, I see you, real. I see you. I want you to see me on your feed and follow me eventually, please. What's, like, your, what's, your, what's your feed? Your Blind Beauty on Instagram. Your Blind Beauty? Yes, I'm your blind beauty. Y O U R. All right, I'm gonna you give it, I'm gonna give it a follow. If I'm not interested, uh, after a week, I'm gonna stop following you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Mama. Yes, All right, you guys have a good one. All Bye-bye. right. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Terilyn Remington's mommy. Hey, Terilyn. Okay. Good morning. Hi. I called you guys when I first had him. Like it was like November 9th, and it was actually my birthday that day. Um, and Charlemagne wasn't at work, so I hope he's there today on time. How are you? I'm right here. What's happening? <laughs> oh, hi, Charlemagne. I love you so much. I, I love, love you more. Me and my husband. Thank you. Me and my husband are super big fans. Hey, Angela Lee. Hey, DJ and Babe. Good morning. Good morning. I just wanted to give you guys an update. Baby Remington, remember I told you guys he was almost 10 pounds? Mm-hmm. I want to give you guys an update. He's still a big baby. I think he's hitting almost 15 pounds now. He's almost three months. Um, wow. If you follow me on, I know, right? I can't I can't believe he's growing this fast. Um, my Instagram is Mrs. E underscore TV because I know Angela was like, I want to see a picture of him. So I've been posting daily updates with him. They grow up so fast. And Are your arms tired him? from holding them? I'm actually holding him right now. Yes, I am. There you go. <laughs> Question. Is your baby getting fat shamed yet on social media? No, he is not. He okay. is not getting fat shamed. He's, his dad is like 6'3". I'm like 5'9". So he's going to be a... Oh, y'all yes, big, you're going to have a tall baby. Yeah, y'all big people. A long baby. Yes. That's just like yes. my uh, my homegirl, uh, De- Debbie Brown, and her husband, Dwayne. Even when they used to be dating back in the day, I used to be like, boy, y'all going to have some big babies. Get it. Now this son is big. Is big? Oh, my God. Be ready, ready for ready for the NFL right now. Goodness gracious. Get it off your chest. 800 585 1051 If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on the Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, it's Jamie. Hey, good morning. Get it off your chest. Hey, good morning, DJ MV. Uh, I am calling. I'm responding to what you said earlier about your kids. When you were talking about, um, like, if God was God, how come he let that happen? Or how come, you know, how he allowed that ha- to happen? Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting here thinking, you know, we're all hurt by the incident with Kobe and his daughter and the rest um, that happened with the helicopter incident. Oh, good morning, Angela and Charlemagne, by the way. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, it's not, so we have to realize that 
God allows certain things to happen. It ain't that he didn't stop it. He allows certain things to happen. And it could be that he's trying to get America's attention for some reason, um, whatever that may be. You know what I'm saying? So it ain't that, you know, um, he just can allow things to happen. Not that he just has the power to stop it. He allows things to happen, you know, and he, he allowed this to happen for whatever reason. Maybe he's trying to wake America up. You see what I mean? I mean, listen, all I know is we, we all we all have free will. We all make choices, and then there's God's will. I think sometimes we give God credit for things that he's he doesn't have a—he or she doesn't necessarily have a hand in. But I do know that if you believe in God and you truly believe everything happens for a reason, you got to take the so-called good with the so-called bad. Yeah, and it's hard to, it's hard to uh, say that to a child when a child prays every night for things that they want and being grateful to be here. And then sees things like this, you know, it's kind of like she feels like, you know, you pray for things, you know, and then this happens. So what are we actually praying for? You know, that's that's her way of thinking. And those those are things that she'll have to understand one day on her own because I don't have the answers. You know, another thing I think we should start thinking about again. What's that? And I haven't been thinking about this for a while, even though I grew up a Jehovah Witness. You do got to start thinking about the afterlife. You do got to start thinking about, you know, paradise. You do got to start thinking like, yo, maybe there is a place that's that's better, you know, than here. Right. You know what I mean? And maybe it's, it, it was just their time to go there. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Hello. <clears throat> Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Jay from Jacksonville. Hey, what's up? Get it off your chest. Good morning, Andrew Lee. Good morning, Jay. What's up, bro? I just want to say how lately I've been doing the work, going to therapy, finally able to get over my PTSD and anxiety from getting robbed by my girlfriend. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. But listen. <laughs> what? He got robbed by his girlfriend. How'd she rob you? Oh, no, I was hunting her three cousins, man. They pulled up on me. At my what? Mama at that can be very Your girlfriend robbed you at gunpoint with her cousins? Him and his mama. Oh, my bad, my bad. Ex-girlfriend. I'm, I'm with my, my new girlfriend now. We've been here going a year and a half. How long were you dating this woman that she set you up and robbed you? Man, it was about for two years. It was more of a, it was more of a uh, she was salty because I was moving on type thing. So she wanted all her stuff back, pulled up with her cousin. I thought we was just fighting. They pulled out a gun, you know. Oh, wait, she came to get her own stuff back. No, she came to get, like, little gifts and clothes and stuff. And the funny part is, when the police arrested her, they brought all the stuff back. Wow, this is a tragic ending to a relationship. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, bro. I, I, I'm, yeah, glad, I'm glad you went to do the work, brother, because, you know, that PTSD and, and that anxiety from such a traumatic situation can be a mother effort. Yeah, man, it's been hard, man, but I've been getting through it. Hey, real quick, shout out to my brother Andrew. He listens to y'all all the time, man. He's going to work right now. It's your little brother, Jay. Andrew, what's happening, what's King? Up, bro? Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. Now, you, we got rumors on the way? Yes, and the effects of Kobe Bryant. Find out what T.I. had to say to his family and also what 50 Cent says is not going to happen right now, all because of Kobe. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. All right, now let's talk about Terry Crews versus Gabrielle Union in America's Got Talent. If you guys recall, Gabrielle Union is not returning to Gabrielle. Uh, Gabrielle Union is not returning to America's Got Talent uh, because she said it was sexist, there was racism there uh, present. And Terry Crews responded about his own experience on the show saying this. First of all, I can't speak for sexism because I'm not a woman, but I can't speak on behalf of any racism comments that was never my experience on America's Got Talent. In fact, 
It was the most diverse place I have ever been in my 20 years of entertainment. When you look at what the allegations are about, it was given by an unnamed source. Uh, my thing is, you know, it, it's funny because I believe you should listen to women. You should always believe women. So I asked my wife. Mm. My wife said, well, if she hasn't made a statement, mm. why would you? Yeah. Mm. And I said, you okay. know what? I'm going to listen to her. All right. Well, Gabrielle Union then went on Twitter as people were tweeting her about that interview. And she said, truth telling, wanting change and having multiple witnesses who bravely came forward to let everyone know I didn't lie or exaggerate really exposes those who enthusiastically will throw you under the bus for getting quickly who stepped up for their truth. Now, if you guys recall, when Terry Crews had his own allegations saying that he was groped at a party by a high-level Hollywood executive, Gabrielle Union had tweeted out, Terry Crews is a stand-up guy, literally one of the nicest people in our industry. He is honest, kind, and true professional. I believe him and stand by him. Hashtag me too. So people did not like the fact that that happened. Now, Terry Crews then tweeted out after the backlash he got from that interview, I'm a hog. You're a chicken. Just because you gave me eggs don't mean I owe you bacon. Wow. Ancient Flint, Michigan proverb. Then he tweeted, there is only one woman on, on earth I have to please. Her name is Rebecca, not my mother, my sister, my daughters, or co-workers. I will let their husbands, boyfriends, partners take care of them. Rebecca gives me wings. Who's Rebecca? His wife. His I'm wife. Sure. So Terry only cares about his wife? Not he, his mother, not his daughters? He doesn't care about his daughters, his sisters, his homegirls, his aunt, his mom, the only woman you care about in your life is that your wife. That crazy. Yeah, that's a sad thing. He said the only person he has to please. Yeah, no. The only person you have to please. That's not That's not true. That's not though. true at all. No, especially your daughters. And if he thinks like that, <laughs> I, I don't even know what type of man you he is. You don't put your daughters in the number of people that you want to please? Your mother? Your he said he'll let their husbands, boyfriends, or partners take care of them. Well, it's certain, wow. th it's certain things that uh, your husband and you know your partners and your boyfriends, there's a love that a father can provide that they can't. Not at all. You're like, right. But if you don't have a husband, boyfriend, or a partner, then what? Yeah, They're but, just floating around. <laughs> and then, and then I don't, Without their dad. Even when Terry says... um. You should believe all women. If he feels like you should believe all women, then why would he undermine what Gabrielle said? Right, especially because so many people were in agreement with her, and they even had to sit down with her about it. I think you should listen to all women, believe all proof. That's what I think. All right, now Kanye West did a Sunday service paying tribute after the Grammys to Kobe Bryant. They said Kirk Franklin was in attendance. He delivered a short sermon about navigating the confusion and chaos after Kobe's passing, and Kanye was a huge Kobe Bryant fan, so that went down. Um, in addition to that, 50 Cent said that he won't argue with anyone after Kobe Bryant's untimely passing. He went on Instagram and he shared a video of himself hugging Kobe at a basketball game between the Lakers and the Knicks. He said, I feel like I have to achieve what I want in life now after this. I have to focus. I'm not arguing with anyone anymore. I'll deal with it another way if there's a problem. Wow. I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like that option. Well, yeah. That doesn't have to be a good option, though. Yeah, yeah, what's the other way, 50? <laughs> Beat somebody's for, ass? For 50, I need to know what the other yeah, way is. what's the other option? <laughs> oh, I didn't take anything negative from that. I, just, <laughs> I did. Yeah, what's the I, other option, Fifth? We'll handle it another way. I thought he meant he's going to have a conversation. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I got to be No. Clear. All right, now, T.I. also posted his own message. He posted a caption of him and Tiny, and he said, I love you, Mrs. H., and he added her. He said, imperfections, misunderstandings, and all. We've shared most of the happiest moments of our lives together. I know I've had my moments, but despite all my shortcomings and transgressions, the fact remains. You give me a thousand choices, and I choose you every time. I couldn't imagine living in a world without you or leaving you and the kids to have to live without me. I'm determined to make you happy by any means necessary, like it or not. To love, cherish, protect, provide, and whatever the F else it takes forever. There you go. Okay.
you got to love it. He said, and he, you know, his daughters, I love you girls more than my vocabulary will allow me to express. For his sons, he said, I'm so proud of each and every last one of you guys, and so on and so forth. So everybody is now reflecting after this. Yeah, I mean, all of this is beautiful, but we got to keep this energy long after Kobe and his daughter and uh, and all the other victims of this tragic accident are, are, are buried. You know what I'm saying? It's like a, a honeymoon phase people go through. I don't know if I want to call it a honeymoon phase, but it's like a phase people go through after things like this happen. And, yeah. You know, but it's like, yo, you got to keep this energy all the time. But we, but like, we've been be pushing the narrative. a constant reminder. A lot of people have been pushing the narrative, and I've been seeing a change in the last couple of years with, with family love and children yeah, love and all 100%. that. So I love to see 100%. that. Dads, if you're out there, make sure that you're good with your kids. Make sure you're good with your wife. Make sure you're good with your parents, man. Make sure you're good with your daughters. Yeah, right, don't, now, don't be like Terry Crews, okay? Right. <laughs> it's other people. Well, he's to please. good with his wife. Yeah, but, but it's other people to please out here, uh, other than your Absolutely. wife, Absolutely. especially your daughters. That's kind of all right. Juice World, when he passed away, he had two thousand unreleased songs, and so now they're talking about doing uh, some new albums with him. Two thousand. That now that's a lot of work that he was putting in. So they do want to pay tribute with his unheard work, and they said there's several ideas floating around including, of course, doing an album or a new music release. He was constantly recording. They said he, he didn't do anything besides ride his dirt bike and make music. So I uh, guess pretty soon we'll be hearing some of that music. Yeah, I mean, Eminem and uh, Juice World got a top 10 record right now on, mm-hmm. the, on the Billboard Hot 100. It's mm-hmm. called Godzilla. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now we got front page news coming up. What are we talking about? Yeah, let's get to what LeBron had to say about Kobe Bryant. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Baby, mama, take a picture. Cause I'm the type of baby that's gonna fuck the babysitter. I just did a show and put up laughing on the hate news. Them bitches hit me, they drop past them on these rapping, rapping nerds. I put in 40 out, they better have an angel with them. All them n****s and whoever they got hanging with them. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Let's get to front page news. What we talk about, you? Well, let's talk about LeBron and what he had to say about Kobe. He has broken his silence. He posted on social media. I'm not ready, but here I go. Man, I'm sitting here trying to write something for this post, but every time I try, I begin crying again just thinking about you, niece Gigi, and the friendship, bond, brotherhood we had. I literally just heard your voice Sunday morning before I left Philly to head back to L.A. Didn't think for one bit in a million years that would be the last conversation we'd have. WTF, I'm heartbroken and devastated, my brother. Man, I love you, big bro. My heart goes to Vanessa and the kids. I promise you I'll continue your legacy, man. You mean so much to all of us here, especially Laker Nation. And it's my responsibility to put this ish on my back and keep it going. Please give me the strength from the heavens above and watch over me. I got us here. There's so much more I want to say. I just can't right now because I can't get through it. Until we meet again, my brother, hashtag mama for life, hashtag Gigi for life. Salute to LeBron. You know, listen, if you aren't ready to say something, don't feel the need to because everybody else is on social media. Like, I I think sometimes when it comes to digital grieving, people think... Because they don't see you post something on social media, you don't care. No, oh, you're not yeah. grieving. Yeah, yeah. And they be in your comments like, "Oh, you don't got nothing to say about Kobe. You don't got nothing to say about Kobe." If you're not ready to say something on social media, you don't have to. The social media is not real life. I agree. All right. And the NBA also put out a statement. The commissioner Adam Silver said the NBA family is devastated by the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna. For 20 seasons, Kobe showed us what is possible when remarkable talent blends with an absolute devotion to winning. He was one of the most extraordinary players in the history of our game with accomplishments that are legendary. But he will be remembered most for inspiring people around the world to pick up a basketball and compete to the very best of their ability. 
All right. The BBC, by the way, has apologized. They put out LeBron James' video in a segment on Kobe's passing. Yeah, I seen that yesterday. That was dumb. They said, for this human error, which fell below our usual standards, they did apologize. It's a wild human error. I mean, Kobe Bryant is a global... Somebody did not fact check that. Yeah, Kobe Bryant is a global icon. He's a superstar. You know, if they mistaken guys like him for just other random black global icon superstars, boy, we in trouble. All, now, all black global icons, uh, sports icons, don't look alike, BBC. Mm-hmm. All right, and over 1.4 million fans have signed a petition. They want the NBA to change the logo to honor Kobe Bryant. So they want to go ahead and change that logo that's been the same since 1971 with an outline of Jerry West. That's been the NBA's official, official emblem since back then. Mm-hmm. And they want to go ahead and put Kobe on that. And the picture they have looks amazing, by the way. Yeah, I'm not mad at that uh, simply because, you know, the Jerry West logo, I'm not sure the exact story. But I don't think there's really any science behind it other than it looked cool. Yeah, it just looked cool, yeah. I, I, you know, Kobe looks cool and it means so much. It means much. a lot, yeah. Yeah, I think Kobe would be dope. And Kobe actually won five rings. Jerry West won none, if I'm mistaken. Has Jerry West ever won a ring? I'm not sure. Yeah, I know he went to the finals a bunch of times. I don't think he ever won it. Yeah, and then somebody said on, uh, on social media that they tried the Jordan logo years ago, but Jordan owns it and... His actual company would lose millions, so that's the reason why I don't know if that's true or not. But I would love to see Kobe's logo, Kobe on that logo. All right, well, Kobe will be honored with the Basketball Hall of Fame class of 2020, so he's part of that. Oh, he J- said, mm-hmm. Jerry West won one ring as a player and, okay. f- and four as a general manager. Hmm. Okay. All right, that's commendable. What a general manager. I mean, come on. What? That don't, that don't count. That was a player. Kobe won five. <laughs> well, no, look, I'm all for it. Let's change it. Let's, I like the way that logo looks. I think that would be amazing. So, mm-hmm. And the NBA has also postponed the Lakers versus Clippers game that was supposed to be tonight at the Staples Center. They said that decision was made out of respect for the Lakers organization, which is deeply grieving the tragic loss of Lakers legend Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, and seven other people in a helicopter crash. They said the game will be rescheduled at a later date. Selfishly, I was looking forward to that game because I saw that on the schedule, and I said, man, the universe is wild. The fact that the Clippers and the Lakers are playing, were supposed to play tonight, I thought it was going to be very special. You know, I I, I was like, yo, LeBron or Kawhi going to score 81 points. Somebody going to do something very Kobe-esque. I don't know. Right. I thought, I, I was, I, so selfishly, I was hoping that happened. Today. I think they should cancel all Laker games until his uh, funeral, until after the funeral. When is the funeral? I'm not sure when the funeral is, but I mm. think they should cancel it until after that. You know, because it's the Lakers, their organization. I'm sure they're going to have the funeral at the Staples Center, but I think they should just cancel to after. Mm. Let them grieve. All right, well, that is your front page news. All right, and let me shout out my uncle, uh, my uncle, Chief Jimmy Secreto. He's uh, retiring after 40 years of uh, being a chief and uh, working for the NYPD of, in New York City. So okay. I just want to say uh, congratulations and happy retirement. Gave me a lot of advice throughout the years and helped me out on a lot of stuff, saved my ass a couple of times. So I just want to say thank you, Uncle Jimmy. Yes, I'm sure he needed and he needed your help. Yeah, many a times. Yes. All right. Now, now listen, uh, we got one of my spiritual advisors coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who I love listening to, someone who I love uh, talking to, building with. Um, I, there's really nobody that I would want to speak to more in this moment. Probably, maybe the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, definitely, but uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes, for sure. Okay. Yes, he's he'll be here. All right, we'll kick it with Bishop T.D. Jakes when we come back. Don't help, move. Help us make sense of some of this stuff. Or maybe he won't. Yeah. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, indeed. 
T.D. Jakes. Bishop the Drip Jakes. Oh, I'm, I'm going to tell you something, Bishop. There's nobody I would rather talk to this morning other than you. Thank you. Like, 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 like hearts are heavy. You know why. Yeah. The tragic accident uh, that happened to Mr. Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and all the other folks on the plane. Helicopter. How do you make the helicopter? How do you make sense of that? Like, how could that have been God's plan? You don't make sense of it. You endure it. You survive it. You grieve. You go through the process. I think where we get in trouble is when we try to explain and understand things that are unexplainable. Right now, we got to survive it because our whole nation has taken a blow. The family in particular, sports mm -hmm. fans, other athletes are are grieving right now. And I think that to try to explain something like you know more than you know, we don't know. They're still investigating what happened, whether it's human error or whether it was the weather or the climate. All of those play a factor in it. We look for somebody to blame. How could mm -hmm. God allow that to happen or mm -hmm. this or that or the other? But right now, tragic things happen in life every day. But this is a person that we knew and loved and a part of our community. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to go through those range of emotions, anger, and being upset and what have you. But at the end of the day, we're in a survival mode right now. Now, what, what do you tell somebody who's on the fence with religion and, and believing, and they see something like this, and they say, wow, you know, he had a 13-year-old that died, and there was other tweens on that plane that died. What do you tell that person for faith and how they can continue to believe? You, I think it is your faith that gets you through those unexplainable moments. And I think you have to realize as terrible and as tragic as it was, we're grateful his wife wasn't on board. Mm -hmm. We're grateful the whole family wasn't on board. I look for things that are positive in the midst of the pain, not denying the pain, mm -hmm. but I look for things that are positive. As for trying to get somebody to believe who doesn't believe, you really, you really can't do that because because God can't be explained, he must be revealed. Mm -hmm. And you have to have an open heart to allow that to happen in your life. Yeah, and if you believe God does everything for a reason, you can't only believe that when the positive things happen, right? Absolutely. Because many times the, the positive things come out of the most horrific things in our lives. I mean, you look at your own life, sometimes the worst tragedies brought you into an awareness or sensibility over years that if this hadn't happened, that hadn't happened, time will judge the validity of the situation right now we have to endure and you still have to lift up the family members of uh, who have lost somebody right now and the daughters and his wife and all the family members of the other people who are on the helicopter too so. and they lost somebody completely different from mm -hmm. who we know right. when you when you're famous people know you from what you do but your family knows you from who you are and mm. it's a much deeper loss it's a it's a greater kind of pain and it's very difficult to get through I listened to a sermon you gave on uh, September 22nd, titled Keep It Moving. Mm -hmm. and, and it almost seems like keeping it moving after after death seems insensitive. So how, how do you keep it moving? You, you, have to, you have to keep it moving because life keeps moving, because bills keep moving, because illnesses keep moving, threats keep moving, problems don't stop because you're in pain. And so sometimes the therapy is in keeping it moving. But, of course, when you're the family, you have to shut down for a minute and, mm -hmm. and breathe and recalibrate. And it may be over the next two years or 20 years that you feel that pain. My mother died in 99, and if I think about it hard now, I'll get emotional. Wow. I mean, because, and I don't even want that to go away. 
I don't even want that to go away because sometimes the sadness validates the value of what you lost. Explain that a little more. The sadness? The sadness, the greater the sadness, it's an indication that the greater the love. Mm -hmm. Some people don't feel sadness because they don't feel love. Mm -hmm. If you're a great lover, you have great pain when people leave your life. And to the degree that we miss them, we feel that pain. And that pain in many ways is a tribute to the significance of that individual in your life. Are there times that you question your own faith? And is that a common thing? for people to do to just question I used to answer that question and say no, and then I went through something and said, and I have to say yes. I have gone through those moments where I was uh, in grief and, and wondered, you know, why did you allow this to happen? I was a little bit angry with God. I healed. I got over it. I was okay. But I have had those moments of challenge. We have to remember that faith does not mean the absence of doubt. Faith and doubt cohabitate in the same space. And to be completely honest about it, faith is something we believe, but what we like to do is know. Mm. And you cannot know. You have to believe. That's the whole premise of being a believer is to believe that which you cannot see. And you have to do that in the presence of voices of doubt who are telling you it's not worth it. It's it's just like going to work. Sometimes you, you, you don't want to go, but there's another voice that says you've got to go, and you, you're conflicted, and yet you keep it moving. And I think a lot of times people are trying to get out of the conflict. But the conflict is a part of life, and we're all conflicted from time to time, and yet we find a way to keep it moving. That's right. There was a time you said you thought about leaving the ministry. Yes, I've absolutely been there. I went through, uh, when I first got in, especially national, international ministry, all the things that come along with that are hard to manage. Like what? Uh, notoriety, interviews, bloggers. Nasty uh, reports. Nasty reports. Mine was the Washington Post article, mm -hmm. and, and I wasn't used to that, and mm -hmm. I'm like, come from West Virginia. I'm a country boy. And I thought, I don't, I didn't sign up for this. I don't need that. But the reality is this one woman came into a book signing and changed my life. Uh, she'd just gotten out of the hospital. She'd had a, a tubal pregnancy and the baby was dead and she was living with a dead body body inside of her. Mm -hmm. So it almost killed her. She she was very weak. She got, got out of the hospital against the doctor's request and came to me as if she knew what I was thinking and said, it's for us that you do it. It's not for them. And when you go through moments of challenge and pain, uh, you have to find purpose. Mm. And sometimes you forget why you do what you do and why you must endure what you you endure. And she she moved me like in a major way. If it wasn't for that woman coming that day and, and talking to me, I don't know that I would have been in ministry now. Wow. Well, 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 do the righteous always have to suffer? Bishop. Everybody suffers. Mm -hmm. Everybody suffers. The The emblem of Christianity is a cross. That's a big warning mm. that if God spared not his son, he's not going to spare you. Everybody mm. goes through suffering. No matter how rich you are, no matter how poor you are, no matter how famous you are, no matter whether you're homeless or living in a mansion, we were all born and we are all going to die. Yeah, death does not discriminate at all. It does not discriminate. W would you want to know? Because was, we were was talking about that this morning. I was saying that yesterday it's the unexpected. Yesterday morning, it was the it's the unexpectedness of death. I think that that no. shakes us up. Would you Would you want to know? No, I wouldn't want to know. <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to know. Uh, some people feel differently about it, but I wouldn't want to know. I want it to surprise me. I don't want to uh, live waiting on a date to leave. I want to live every day to the fullest, not with a cloud hanging over my head about a date that could be 20 years off or 30 years off, and then to adjust my life to dying. I'd rather build my life around living and let death find me whenever it does. 
All right, we got more with Bishop T.D. Jakes. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Bishop T.D. Jakes. What are your feelings towards suicide? Because you hear so many different things with suicide. If you're suicide, you'll never make it to heaven. If you're suicide, God will look at you. What are your thoughts on, on suicide? Because so many kids are... The first thing that popped into my mind when you said that, it's not whether you go to heaven or not. I think we should work harder to stop suicide. Mm-hmm. I think that suicide is epidemic, particularly amongst African-American young people, in a way that's reprehensible. One of the reasons that I started the foundation that we're going to talk about is because of mental health. Mm-hmm. And uh, mental health is a huge issue in our community. And I think you have to understand that a lot of people who take their life they really didn't take their life. The sickness did. Mm -hmm. So the person who we say committed suicide is as much a victim as if they were a victim of a homicide. Mm -hmm. Because if you have emotional mental health issues, it affects your decisions and your judgment and your your view of life. So to judge that, who am I? I'm not God. So where they spend eternity, I'm not God. But I do think that the person is a victim. And I would think that if you're a victim, we we just believe that they're in a better place. You're one of the first, uh, you know, people of the cloth that actually embraced, you know, therapy and, you know, telling people to go out there and, you know, get help for their mental health. Because a lot of times we tell our people, take it to the church. Just pray about it. Just pray about (laughs) it. And we don't treat it like it's a sickness. We treat it like it's a spiritual issue and it's a health issue. And I think you have to differentiate one from the other. Sure, you're going to pray, but you also do everything you can do to be at the best that you can be. And I do think that prayer is therapeutic, but it is not enough for a lot of people who have serious trauma that they've endured and they need to be able to talk. They need to be able to heal. And sometimes they have chemical imbalances that causes them to be where they are. I got a T-shirt that says, I go to therapy and I pray. Absolutely. <laughs> Do it all. Absolutely. I take blood pressure medicine and pray over it every day. <laughs> pray, pray it works. <laughs> and let it work, Jesus. <laughs> you announced plans to launch your um, own online Jake's Divinity School? Did that, has the school launched yet? Yeah, it has launched. Okay. It has launched. It's up and running. Uh, it's all, Everything that I'm doing now is about training the next yes. generation. It's, it's empowering them to accomplish their dreams, to reach their goals. I'm leveraging my relationships and, and academics, and I'm leveraging my relationships with corporate America to, to create a pipeline because a lot of us, the only pipeline we have to the world we want to be is the one we see on TV. But you'll never watch TV long enough to get there. So we have to stop watching our dreams mm-hmm. and start creating a pathway where we can facilitate our dreams. Are we saw- seeing more and more young people coming to church now? Are we seeing that more, or is it slowing down a little bit? You know, that's a that's a great question. I think it varies from church to church and mm-hmm. from region to region. I see a lot of young people who are really interested in faith. So many of them are coming to church. My demos are swinging younger and younger. 50% of my church is millennials. So I'm seeing a huge interest in young people coming to church. But I also am seeing a deterioration of attendance because a lot of young people... We online. Yeah, they're online. You're online. Bedside yeah, yeah, online. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you want to watch when you want to yes. watch it. So we stream 24 hours a day. We stream all week long because young people stay up at night and often sleep late in the morning. Nothing and like what, doing your laundry, watching Bishop T.D. Jakes. See what I'm saying? Or working out in the gym? <laughs> yeah. That's what I do. I mean, I, I ride in the morning. I put one of your sermons on, whether it's from YouTube or mm-hmm. whether it's a, mm-hmm. a, the podcast. Mm-hmm. That's how I consume it. But I've been to Potterhouse as well. Yes, you have. There's nothing like being at Potterhouse. It's different. It is different being there from watching it on TV. <laughs> you can get a perception on TV. 
But I think when I was here before, I talked about the difference between a picture and an ultrasound. When you actually go in it, you see it from a whole different right. perspective than when you're a voyeur on the outside. It feels like a college basketball game. <laughs> I'm saying, like, it had that kind of energy. Like, it oh, feels like powerful. a college basketball game. Do you feel yeah. any impact from Kanye doing what he's been doing with his Sunday services? I, you know something? I'm thrilled. Anybody who's out there who's doing something positive to help change the world, I'm thrilled about it. I just hope that while he's busy doing that, that somebody's taking care of him. Because the problem with being talented and being gifted and being good intention is sometimes people are so excited about your gift that they take your gift and leave you behind. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's very, very important for him in order to b- remain stable and remain functional that he's not so busy giving to us that nobody's giving to him. But I've seen the music. The music is hot. I've seen his performances. I think it's absolutely wonderful. But I, I want somebody. There's a scripture in the Bible that says no man cared for my soul. I want us to care for his soul as much as we care for his music. Would you host him? Would Potter's House host him? I would definitely consider doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my focus, however, is everybody's hosting him. Who's pastoring him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you understand yeah, what I'm absolutely. saying? And sometimes I don't want to be seen as a gig. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be seen as an opportunity. I want to be an ear sometimes right. for people who don't have anybody to talk to. So I don't want to be in the crowd that's reaching after him trying to snatch his gift. I want to be the guy who's sitting over in the corner saying, hey, are you okay? Uh, how, how are you balanced? How are you mm-hmm. emotionally? How are you mentally? Because we are seeing too many of our artists drift away, uh, be killed, commit suicide. Nobody was investing into their mental right. wealth. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you need you need somebody around you who who doesn't just want you for what you do. Mm-hmm. To say, are you okay? Think of the culture shock it is to go from being in the hood one moment to being a celebrity right. the next moment right. with no training, right. no preparation, no therapy. And all of a sudden you, be, you step into this world and you can't get out. Once you're famous, you can never be anonymous. So your success can become your prison. And so if you're going to realize that and you're going to recognize that, we have to, in our community, have to be slow to join the bandwagon of stoning people who got into trouble. Mm. We have to be more on the side of the ambulance who rushes to the scene of the crime to see what we can do because we are hurting too. We know that you are hurting and we know how to speak the kind of language to get you back up on the yeah, We, we I, like I, to reduce people to, to their mistakes a lot of times. Absolutely. Absolutely. While we make our own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so we're all trying to figure out life and the moment you figure it out, it changes. Uh, you go through stages at different ages, and different ages bring on different challenges. And uh, nobody gets it right at every turn because every turn is a new experience, and you're back to one again, and you're learning again. And you, as soon as you get used to having little kids, they're not little kids. As soon as you get to used to having teenagers, they've left the house. Right. And everything keeps changing on us all the time. So you never get to be a master at your life because the courses keep changing. Ooh, that's a bar. All right, well, don't move. We got more with Bishop T.D. Jakes when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Bishop T.D. Jakes. When young people come to church, what are they looking for? You know, when my grandmother went to church, she wanted hope. Mm-hmm. She wanted to make sure that her family was okay and she had an opportunity. So what are people coming to church for now? Because it's different now. My kids are online. They look for certain things. They have more questions 
and require more answers. So what are what are people looking for now when they come to church? You know, I think it varies from person to person. I think hope has a, a factor degree in it. Like we're bleeding right now. We're talking about Kobe right now. It reminds us of how the brevity of life. It reminds us that we don't take time for ourselves. It reminds us that there is uh, a life after this life. And so people start to think about faith differently. But I also think that people come to the black church differently than they do for other people who come to church. They look for our leaders to be involved in the community in mm-hmm. some way. They look for our uh, levels of quantifiable results. How does this help me right now in the here and now, not the sweet by and by? Inspiration. Inspiration. And there's one other thing I want to bring up that causes people to come to church. If you come to church consistently, church becomes a family. And for many of us, that's something we didn't have. That's right. I learned sometimes it's not so much about pastoring uh, our young men. It's about fathering them. I, I got a few more questions. How, how long can you go without sipping water? Because even when I watch your sermons, I don't ever see you sipping water. <laughs> like, how, can you, how long can you talk without sipping water? I have never been asked that question, yeah. incidentally. I don't know. I can go a pretty good while. I don't think to go for the water. Yeah. I, when I get to speaking or teaching, the only thing I'm thinking about is what I'm doing. We had a discussion the other day about when you go in the confessional, right, if uh, they have a responsibility when, say, someone commits a crime and they go and confess that. Now, if someone comes to you and, they does some, and they've done something illegal and they tell you that, is that something that you feel a responsibility to report to the authorities or is that something that becomes this was a <coughs> confidential conversation? Well, you, you have the same kind of uh, privilege that an attorney does when somebody comes and discloses something to you, and that's important because nobody's going to come talk to you about something if they feel like they're going to get reported. There are some exceptions to that, mm-hmm. however. When it comes to child abuse, you are legally required that if you know it, you absolutely have to report it. There are other issues that are kind of on the borderline where you have to use your best judgment, but it has to be serious for you to violate the confidentiality. Like murder. Like if I said I'm, if I came into you and said I'm gonna shoot Charlemagne tomorrow. That's serious. And the very fact that that, the the very (laughs) God wouldn't like that. The very fact that the very fact that it's that it is, and I'm going to. I have an obligation right, to, to, prevent try to, that. to prevent that from happening. But if it was already done... Yeah, then that's... Then an, and how long ago was it done? And what can be accomplished by exposing that is a judgment call. Have you ever had to do that? I've done everything. Wow. And sometimes I have claimed my privilege as a clergyman not to testify in a trial. And, and that privilege is only held up in court if it is just you and me in the room. If one other person is in the room or if somebody else was on the phone, it violates. I then lose that privilege and that ability not to speak about the issue. Wow. I heard you on uh, Oprah Super Soul Conversations, uh, the, your latest one, to Transform Your Life. Mm-hmm. And you spoke about how to use transformational thinking and moving beyond your limiting beliefs. What does that look like to you? You know, everything is, is about a change of mind. If I change your your economic status, but I don't change your mentality, your status will fall back down to your mindset. Every change, weight loss, health changes, whatever it is, starts in the way you think. And until you begin to deal with the story you tell yourself and are willing to challenge your own truth, you can't really help a person to move forward when they hold to their old story. Well, what about when you're not ready for that transformation? Because I was thinking this morning, how can transformational thinking help you in matters of grief? Because when you look at a situation like 
you know, the Bryant family. Her whole life has been transformed, so she has to change the way she thinks moving forward, but it's, it, it, she didn't ask for that. No, you didn't ask for it. Nobody wants that sort of thing to happen, and it takes time. You don't change your mind overnight right. about anything whether it's a tragedy or whether it's a decision to go back to school, there's a feeling of misplacement anytime there's a change, right. a big change in your life. And give yourself time to adapt to that change and accept that change and then figure out who am I now without Kobe in my life? Who mm -hmm. am I now without this job? You can have a new year all you want to, but until you have a new you, having a new year doesn't matter. Mm. I wanted to tell you, too, I finally got the worthy, man. Really? It, it it hit me over the holidays. Like I I honestly just felt worthy of 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 existing. Mm -hmm. It yeah. just really did. Yeah, I remember that conversation we had. Getting to worthy is difficult when you have been abused or traumatized or belittled, degraded, or have some issues in your past where you, and if you don't get to worthy, you self-sabotage. Mm -hmm. You can self-sabotage opportunities because you you say you want them, but then you sabotage them because you really don't feel worthy yes. of them. The hardest thing in the world is to love somebody who doesn't love themselves. Mm. Because they they will reject your love, they'll cancel it out every time because they don't feel worthy of being loved. I don't believe that you could love me because I don't love me. So how could you love me? And that happens more times than not in relationships, in life, and in business. And when I challenge you to get to worthy, it is getting to the place that you accept the good things that God has done in your life and settle in as them being your reality rather than living the trauma of where you came from. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you for joining uh, us this morning. Yeah, and he's got the International Leadership Summit in Charlotte, uh, April 30th to May 2nd. Yeah, and I'm going to invite you right on the air I'm to pulling come up. Down. I would really? Man, I'm pulling up. I already had, Man, I, I already, I already had plans to go. You'll make me cry on your show. I'm, I'm serious. Pulling up. If you would come, that would mean everything to me because when I'm, this is the most amazing event I'm bringing together. I've got Denzel Washington coming. I've got Tyler Perry coming. I've got Dave Stewart coming. Dave Stewart is one of 13 black billionaires in the world, mm. and he's also a believer, and he's going to be coming. We're going to be having Christian speakers, uh, pastors that are going to be speaking. We've got women who are CEOs and executives that are going to be mentoring young women at the leadership conference. It's going to be uh, in Charlotte, April 28th through the 31st, and it's just a, a conglomerate of a lot of different things because I don't want to just be inspirational and not transformational mm -hmm. because if i keep inspiring you and it doesn't happen then you get tired of hearing that it's gonna mm -hmm. be all right so i want to put the elements in the room that causes the, it, the it's gonna be all right to happen in your life mm. people who pull themselves up people who fought back people who won when you know better you do better and that's why i'm having the leadership conference what day is the mental health panel i'm putting myself on it come, come it? right on okay i gotta i gotta see what day because you know you know so many people heard you and i talk about when you did your book and mm -hmm. the power of your book and the power of your story it helped a lot of other people to begin to begin to be able to talk you're opening your mouth to speak about your life and about your childhood became a model for many other black men who don't talk enough. So I take you very seriously in that spot. I admire you very greatly for what you're doing and having the boldness to speak about that. And I look forward to doing a lot of things with you that I think is very important. My brother, respect All is right. mutual.
It's Bishop T.D. Jakes. Thank you for joining us again. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Drop on the clues bombs with Bishop T.D. Jakes. Yes. I needed that word this morning. Only, mm-hmm. uh, only thing I'm mad, uh, we didn't close out in a prayer. You know what? And we, we usually close do. Close out in a prayer. Damn. God damn it. Um, you Let can't me, say, say that God, now. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't say that after. Why can't I say that? Missing a prayer. Man, God knows my heart. God cares if you say damn it after his name? He might. Yes. Please. He might care about that too. But let's get to the rumors. Let's, call, let's talk Shaq. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On the Breakfast Club. So listen up. Well, Shaq opened up on his podcast, the big podcast with Shaq last night. And he spoke on having a really tough time with losses including the death of his sister, as well as Kobe. I'm not doing well. I'm sick. I'm just getting over the death of my sister. And I haven't been sleeping after Aisha's death because it's just, you know, not thinking about just the good times, but thinking about the times when I could have did something or could have did something different or could have loved her more. And the same thing hit when uh, I found out this news. I didn't do anything. I haven't eaten I haven't slept. I'm sick right now. Damn. Now, his sister passed in October. She died from cancer. Uh, Here's more of what Shaq had to say about his relationship with Kobe. Our relationship was was that of brothers. When I saw Kobe and his daughters, loved them. He saw my kids, loved them. If you look at my kids' Instagram, he talked to Sharif yesterday morning. He was checking in on your son not an hour before his death. So all the stuff that is documented between us, it was never a dislike. It's just... Listen, this is what brothers do. I have a younger brother. We fight all the time. But guess what? I love him. And I love Kobe Bryant. I'm the first to say, hey, I got four rings, and I know I couldn't have got three without him. So I'm glad we we became closer. But I just sit back and say, what if? What if? And the only thing that saddens me is he's not going to be here when he walks into the Hall of Fame. Mm. Damn, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's sad. They actually won three NBA championships in a row together. Yeah, I saw an idiot yesterday say, um, oh, finally y'all want to put Kobe Bryant in the Hall of Fame. Uh, mm-hmm. Dumbass, this is his first year of eligibility. and he's, he's a nominee this year, and he was going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer anyway. Foolish ass. All right, well, Shaquille O'Neal's son, Sharif, actually had just spoken to Kobe that morning. Kobe had sent him a DM, you good, fam? And Sharif responded, yeah, just getting this work in, trying to figure out my next move, how you been. And that was in the morning. Damn. All right, now, in addition to that, Kobe was actually working on a kid's book. And the author of The Alchemist was actually the person working on it with him, Paulo Coelho. And he revealed that uh, he put up some DMs where Kobe had actually sent to him, let's write that book together. And he responded, anytime. And this was just last year. So now Coelho said he deleted the draft. He said it didn't make any sense to publish without him. It wouldn't add anything to relevant to him or his family. That doesn't stop me from writing someday about things I learned from Kobe and how much of a larger-than-life person he was, but the children's book did not make sense anymore. Yeah, he put out the children's book uh, last year. I forgot what I think it's called, the Wizard, the, Wizard, the Wizard series or the Wizard series or something like that. But The Alchemist is one of Kobe's favorite books, so... He even had recommended it to Kyrie Irving also. Mm-hmm. All right, now, speaking of books, let's talk about Oprah's Book Club because people are upset about the novel that Oprah has chosen for her book club. And, you know, she does she does her book club on Apple, right? 
And the book is called American Dirt by Janine Cummings. Now, a lot of people criticized her for having this book be the next book that she's featuring. And here's how Oprah responded. So when I first started to hear your comments opposing the selection, I was asking the question in earnest, like, what is offensive? I've spent the past few days listening to members of the Latinx community and I hear them. So what I want to do is bring people together from all sides to talk about this book and who gets to publish what stories. All right, the problem is it's a white woman who is writing about uh, Mexican migrants. And she got over a million dollars, by the way, to do this book. And the book is also going to be adapted into a movie. And so there's a lot of criticism because Latinx people are not represented in the publishing world. And they certainly don't get uh, those deals like that when they write about their own experiences. And they said even in the book, there's a lot of things that aren't even true. Like she calls her mom abuela. And, you know, that's grandmother in Spanish. And just other certain things that she does in the book that are not authentic to the experience. So they have problems with that, with American Dirt. Also, they said there's some plagiarism. There's a lot of similarities to other authors' works. In particular, there's a sim similarity to author Orea, who writes about, and uh, one of his characters in his book, uh, and it's a nonfiction book, getting crushed by the tires of a, a garbage truck. And she has a, a, a very similar scene in her novel as well. So basically, it's too much mayonnaise when it needs to be more Goya, is what you <laughs> Exactly. And la <laughs> Latinos make up only 6% of the literary industry, according to a study on diversity, and the nation is close to 20% Latino. So. What is the book actually about? Is it about the Latinx community? Yeah, it's a fictional novel, and it's about uh, Mexican migrants, something that she has not experienced. Goodness A lot gracious. of things they said aren't even factual that she but writes fiction, about though. in the book. And she got a million dollars for it? Yeah, but, you know, when you do a fictional book, you still want to be true to what the experience is like. Like, you're writing about places really? in Mexico that don't even exist anymore or saying that you're putting sour cream on tacos in the street. Just certain things. Look, calling the mom abuela when that really means grandmother in Spanish. Fiction. Yeah, I'm not defending this mayonnaise-flavored mammal, but just to play white devil's advocate, if it's a fiction book, I don't know if you got to be actual and factual. I think it's just... Be actual to what the experience would be like if it really was in Mexico. But it's, but it's false. It's yeah, no, no, it's it's a fabricated, but it's supposed to be. It's an it's a fictional book. But you know, like if somebody's writing about Monk's Corner, you want them to actually name like real streets. And, you can't write but, about but a no, real place, but, but write about it. I'm gonna say there's spaceships there. I'm gonna say there's all types of things there. Yeah, well, it wasn't like that. <laughs> it was. It was supposed to seem like it was real. Because <laughs> you could have a fictional book, you know, set in a real place, but the story is, you know, it's fake, fake. It's not a sci-fi or like anything the, like, like that. Think about, like, <laughs> think about all of these books that have been written about New York or these movies that have done about New York. I Am Legend is a fictional movie, but it was based in New York. Avengers, they fought here in New York, but it was a fictional you story. You mean I Am Legend's not real? Man, shut up, man. Yeah, but I mean, you, like can't, you can't do things <laughs> like call your... You can't do things real. like call your mother abuela when abuela means grandmother in Spanish. That's just incorrect. You get it? Okay. Well, they also... They also... What? What if your mom is somebody's grandma? But not yours. Yeah. Don't confuse me this morning. Because, <laughs> like, my anyway. kids call my mama Grammy, and I'll play with her sometimes. Like, hey, what's up, Grammy? You know what I mean? I'm just saying. Are you defending this now? Uh, I just said no, I wasn't defending it, but I am defending <laughs> well, the I'm fact just telling that fictional you what the, work is fictional work. I'm just telling you what the controversy is behind all of this, though. 
and the outrage. And they actually did have to cancel. There was a book signing that she was supposed to be doing. They actually had to cancel it because of all this controversy uh, surrounding it. And people are upset that, Oprah, why don't you use one of these authors that write about authentic experiences that are actually Latin, Latino, that can tell those stories better? And you said only 6%? Yes. Uh, wow. In the publishing world. All right, that is your rumor report. I'm Angela Yee. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. All right, Charlemagne. Yes, sir. Who are you that donkey to? Uh, I need Terry Crews to come to the front of the congregation. We like to have a word with him. All right. About, yeah. to, about to bring this hog to slaughter. All right, he's going to the, he's gonna come to the congregation <laughs> with no shirt on. And we'll get to that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building this morning. We have Steve Stout here this morning. Good morning. What do we, what do we even call Steve Stout nowadays? I, I was going to call him, I don't know if it's entrepreneur, executive. Businessman, author. Businessman, author. I'll, take, I'll take all of them. Connecting the dot guy. <laughs> yeah. He does everything. <laughs> I've been doing it for a while. I'll take it all. Not, not I've a, played all the positions in the field. Now, you know, the, one of the reasons why we wanted to talk to you this morning is, is I know that you had a, a, a close relationship with Kobe. I know you got him his first deal. His first you signed him deal. his first record yeah, deal. Yeah. And I think I... I, I his I, first is only... I, I, the first time he came to New York, I, I remember seeing him at the Rucker Park. I'm not sure if you, was, you yeah, were the one that took yeah. him into playing at the Rucker that time, too. Well, yeah, he, um, as a rookie, um, I, I met him, and he wanted to put out uh, an album. I mean, he, he was at, actually part of a group. And I signed a group over at Columbia, mm -hmm. um, the Trackmasters. We signed him. Mm -hmm. um, we, we were just coming off of, like, LL Cool J and Will Smith, and, we, you know, we thought we could make this thing work. And um, Who else was in the group? There's a guys from Philly, guys oh, he went okay, to high school okay. with. Gotcha. Um, and he stayed in New York, man. He, and he, he spent a lot of time with with Nas, with Foxy, mm -hmm. like really trying to acclimate himself to um, to what he was going to, you know, to, to do as, a, as an artist, uh, to learn. And that's the thing that I got from him um, is that when he decided to do something, he went so all in envy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen in my life, Maybe three, four people with the work ethic that mm -hmm. this man had. And it any was just, field. I mean, just beyond. In mm -hmm. any field, I mean, just beyond. Um, you know, so anyhow, he came to New York and uh, we, he lived with me for a month um, while we were making that album. And, and, and during that time, we became really close friends and mm -hmm. we became friends and, you know, it lasts up until, you know, his, his I, unfortunate passing. Yeah, I saw you at uh, the, the, his the last game he ever played. Gave you yeah. a game ball. Gave you a yeah, game yeah. ball. Yeah, we, we were at the we were at the last game he played, and um, it's unfortunate, man. It's it, it's tough. We lost a we lost a hero, mm -hmm. and he was now. The thing about it that's crazy was that he was now entering this comfortable state of giving away his, his magic, the sort of the tips of the science. Like mm -hmm. he was giving it away to special athletes. They'd come see him and get coached up. But, he, but as a businessman, he started to give away a lot of those insights that would be helpful to all, to all of us. Mm -hmm. Where were you when you heard the news? Uh, I was in the crib, and I got the note. Um, and then you, you kind of want to believe that TMZ is fake, right. Right. and then you realize that TMZ hasn't been wrong in years. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not oh, fake. They, they did kill Wayne. They killed Wayne. They did? Okay. Yeah, well, look, look, all right, well... That's I did see that, and I was like, "When I wait for some other outlets to to verify, right? Yeah. To verify it, yeah, because well, you pray that it's wrong. Well, you pray that it's wrong, and you you know you also have a little you know, one eye open with with TMZ. But that's how I first heard about it, and then I made phone calls. Um, we work with the NBA, and then you know, obviously through the NBA and um, mutual friends, it was it was confirmed that it was real. When was the last time you spoke to him? 
two months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was a great, he was really going into that, that like hitting his stride as a businessman. He had it all set up, man. Um, you guy, he leaves the game a year later, wins an Oscar. Yes. <laughs> it's, these are just crazy things, mm-hmm. man, that he, he put out in the world. And, he, and his daughter, I mean, first of all, God bless the other families that were, you know, lost ones on that, on that mm-hmm. helicopter. And his daughter, um, I mean, she was the next him. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had that dedication and focus. He was proud. He was very outspoken about uh, w- women's college basketball and mm-hmm. the WNBA. And he was like uh, the de facto name and face behind um, growing that sport. He mm-hmm. believed in it. Um, and his daughter was going to, you know, obviously go that route. Um, and just to know the poetic justice of it all, like this guy passed taking his daughter to a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like that's, that's what he was doing. Mm-hmm. So it's tough. Um and it, it, it reminds you, and we always get reminded, I'm sure we all have had these kinds of moments in our life, that you got to give people their flowers when they're alive. You yeah, got to tell them. And you got to live every life, you live your life like you're not promised tomorrow. And, you know, it's easy to forget that. It's very easy within um, the day-to-day of it all um, and things that come that are thrown at you to forget that you're not promised tomorrow. Does it make you question your own mortality in a way? Yeah, always. Um, you know, at every at every, at every funeral, uh, every time there's a death, you think about, you know, are you for me rather, um, am I living my life the way I want to live it? Am I, you know, if words were spoken about me, have I done enough to to, to, to deserve the words that I that I would want said about me? Right. Depends who's speaking them, though, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not here. I would just yeah, think yeah, about yeah, yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I you know, think in general, you see all the people who have great positive things to say about their experiences and their relationships with Kobe. Yeah. And I think that's the legacy everybody should want to leave behind. Look, that's that's that that's the point of what we all doing this thing for, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you you have that's the whole point of having kids and um, leaving a great example so that that multiplies generation after generation. So you would want uh, to leave a mark on this earth. And instill values in your family so that um, those learnings can be uh, multiplied. They could, they, they could do something uh, for generations. And I feel like I've always felt like this, that you, we are all blessed. And your job is to take um, full advantage of the opportunities that you have. Mm-hmm. I've always felt like I was, um, my dad taught me this, like, no matter whether I was in the music business or a mechanic, like, you got to really go as hard as you can mm-hmm. at the thing that you're doing. It's like, th- there's no reason not to. That's right. that's almost the, the privilege and the obligation to do that. Um, and all the great people that I've ever had the privilege to be around, they've lived their life that way. They, they never got satisfied. They never... And you'd be looking at... I mean, you ever look at people who are in the greatest shape, and you're like, you see them running every day, like, damn, I... What, what they're already in great shape. Why? That's how they're in great shape, right. Mm-hmm. right? You see people who are successful in business or successful in life. You're like, why are they still going so hard? They don't even have an off switch. They don't even know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. They That's like the it. book Mastery yeah. by Robert Greene, where he talks about mastering whatever it is that you want to do and how many hours it took for certain people to master their arts and their crafts or whatever it is that they want to be great at. You yeah. don't ever stop. You ne- you you never stop. Look, mm-hmm. I seen a. Uh, 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 Damon on the show the, the last the last last week or whatever, mm-hmm. and he talked about how much you guys have evolved. I don't, you can't see it, 
But you don't even understand how super professional that you guys have evolved to over the last five years, seven years, but the evolution of what... And it's because you come here every day and you care. And you guys are obviously a family and you have committed to one another to care. So when you interview politicians, or it doesn't make a difference who it is. Um, you feel that you are... Uh, each play your role, you add to the subject, you get the most out of the interview. But I couldn't have said that five years ago. Right. Mm. <laughs> I respect it. Yeah. That's what Grove is about. All right, we got more with Steve Stout. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still sitting here with Steve Stout. Yee. Since you talk about working with the NBA, United Masters, what is yeah. that deal? With the, so you're providing the music? Oh, yeah. That's that's awesome. Um, not only did we... So we were always working with the NBA on music, but now we did this relationship between Apple and the NBA mm. and United Masters where we're basically creating the greatest playlist for independent artists. Mm. So um, <coughs> Apple and the NBA are promoting these artists that are coming to United Masters to create the greatest in, uh, a playlist for independent artists. I don't want to think rap caviar, but only for independent artists. Right. And this is just another step forward in, and you guys are seeing it for sure, the legacy record companies are slowly losing their hold on controlling talent. Yep. Uh, the thing that I learned, and you've learned this in your individual businesses, is back in the day, you had to go to a record company first to find an audience. Or you had to go to a radio station first to find an audience, right, in your business. Mm -hmm. You actually can find an audience before you find the radio Absolutely. station. Absolutely. Correct. You can find the audience before you find the record company. So now you have the control. And that's all I've been saying for the last two years with United Masters is like, in the beginning it was fuzzy, like, what is this? How, it's a distribution company, but what does that mean? Well, what it means is, if you found your audience before you had a record company, you have all the leverage. You right. don't have to work for them. Right. In fact, they should license it from you. That's what a partnership is all about. A lot of what Damon has was saying back in the days, uh, pardon his delivery, but he was really talking about that, right? right. Like, you already control, our culture controls the opportunity. We already can build the audience. So why do you need to then turn that over to somebody else mm -hmm. to own when you can retain it and they can just license it? And that's my that's been my problem with the record business. Not that the record business is wrong, but it what used to be the way or the only way is no longer the way at all. Yes. We've been the launching pad for a few acts this year. Little Tucker, um, mm -hmm. Y'all seen from the time NLE Chopper came in. Yeah, yeah. You seen what took man, and I've done this in broad daylight. This this is broad daylight. Like, oh my God, Steve Stout's putting his career on the line. No, I'm putting your intelligence on the line. You the labels about are Dash, looking but for you people. You and Dame with... Dash really think alike. Like you guys are just you. You almost alike when when the business moves, your mentality, the mindset. So the fact that you guys conflict all I'm the time. I'm not gonna say that. Yes, they are. I think hip hop has understood that really well early right. and often. That's probably where um, the similarities end. Where, where the differences come in? Style. Delivery, you Approach. <laughs> um, consistency. Persistence. I don't know. Do you guys still have conversations now? Because I know he said you all uh, had a conversation and... Yeah, he said you, threw, he said you threw Jay under the bus soon as you saw No, I mean, I seen him at, at uh, Kanye's thing, and I told him, like, 
you were a lot of things that you said you were right, but your delivery was off. And the evolution of us as men, um, I would probably have never told him that at 35, but I probably didn't realize that at 35. Mm -hmm. You know, but at you know 49 years old, I could easily tell him that, and it's it's, it's no problem. I could, by the way, I have no problem with with anybody. Um, I'm on the other side of it now. I'm I'm already Steve Stout. Yeah, I, know, I, I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm cool. How much longer do these legacy companies have? Because I can see all of these artists getting out their deals. Like, you know, Meek Mill got like one album left. I think yeah. he got like one album left. Yeah. I think Drake might have like one album. I can see all of them getting out their Drake, deals. Drake, by the way, Drake Drake <clears throat> is about to catch a bag. Really? Oh, God. <clears throat> from who? He might catch the biggest bag ever received from for individual artists. From a label or a from a, Yeah, from, from a label, from anybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he, he may catch the biggest bag of recording artists ever received, period, up front. What's the science behind that? Would you do just create Apple exclusive? Well, he's the uh, biggest, well, he's, I mean, Spotify. If, he, if he decided to go to Apple exclusive, if he decided to go to Apple and Spotify and own his rights going forward, they would pay him anything. Right. If, 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 if Universal wants to keep him, because the record companies, they're in this spot where um, the biggest acts, the biggest artists, The Weeknd, Post Malone, um, Sand your comments of Post Malone, Post Malone uh, uh, Drake being the biggest. Mm -hmm. They have the best deals in their favor. So the record companies, their biggest artists are the, are the deals that they have the worst arrangement with, right? And those deals are bad, but they also say, we got Drake, yeah. we got, right? Mm -hmm. And they use that to sign other artists. Well, other artists. So they're paying a premium to keep those acts in. And then when those acts start leaving, because they're on short-term deals. If those acts start leaving, that's when you will see the whole thing flip over. Mm. And somebody's going to do it. Did you try to take a uh, clue from Dame Dash? <laughs> was, was that story true? Yeah. Let me tell you exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> well, said, yeah. Yeah. I can't be mad at Steve Stout because he don't lie. Because that's not even... Cause, because <laughs> what happened was... <laughs> what was funny is Dame said, Clue, I'm going to give you a deal. Mm -hmm. And six months went by and he had no deal. And then Clue asked me to manage him, and I'm like, there's nothing to manage. You have no deal. Could you help me with my deal? No follow-up. Whatever they must have been in the, in the middle of, in <laughs> hindsight, they didn't give this man a contract. So now I'm sitting there at the top of Columbia uh, Records, and Clue's like, well, I want to get my record. I'm like, well, then I'll give you a deal. That actually led to how Jay and I got close, because we were sitting at the top of uh, Sony. I was sitting mm -hmm. in my office at 9 o'clock at night. <clears throat> I get a, the menacing phone call from Jay-Z, <laughs> and I said, great, I'm at, let me tell you my address. <laughs> you know? And they come oh, up. I think you told the story before. Yeah, and they came Tata into my came. office. Tata came. Yeah. And, thing, and Clue was sitting there, and Clue's absolutely nervous. Um, and I'm barefoot. Oh, so Tata was with Dame, Tata and Jay. And Tata, Dame, all Dame, Biggs, Jay, this, that. Oh, they came, came. Yeah, they came. They, yeah. The whole Rockefeller at was the time came up. And, um, you was by yourself? It, by myself, literally barefoot. Why were you barefoot? Because that's how I walk around, man. Okay. I'm West Indian. Right, right, right. <laughs> nice carpeted office. Yeah, nice carpeted <laughs> office. That's, that's what you're supposed to say. Like, man, the carpet must have been plugged. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's why you're barefoot. Said, why were you barefoot? <laughs> uh... So anyhow, they came in, and um, I had made a joke. Something we I, I talked about. Look, I don't care about no disrespect to Clue, but I'm playing this game for a much larger thing. And mm -hmm. if we're trying to buy big houses <laughs> and do big things. And I can't be sitting around like you guys didn't give them a deal. In fact, the deal got closed that night. And I and then I said, Clue, you'll sign them, and I signed Kid Capri. 
And that's what we did. And that was like, but then Jay and I got close uh, from that. I think they, they must, the connection was like, he just said, come to his office. He was really by himself in his office. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, um, but the point is, fail us in that way. Oh, I'm, I'm very fail us in that way. And, I, and I, I'm excited where this chapter right here is going to take all of us. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times you start to think, man, this industry is fully matured. We're there already. Mm-mm. You know, I used to think Miss Pac-Man was mainstream. Mm-hmm. You know, World of Warcraft is mainstream, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Fortnite's mainstream. Miss mm-hmm. Pac-Man was big. This is something else. Right. We're still at Miss Pac-Man level. Hip-hop culture, what we're all doing is still at Miss Pac-Man level. Well, we appreciate you for joining nah, us, brother. That was great. I always like I being up here, man. I, I, like, I, I really enjoyed coming up here and having a conversation. My Thank brother. you. Love. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you. I'd be really proud of you guys. Thank, Thank you so right, much. Man. Cool. It's Steve Stout. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yeah. The Breakfast Club. Everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the room. Let's talk fabulous. It's about time. What's going on? This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Yes, so according to Fab, he was on uh, Rock the Bells Radio, and he talked about actually being cast on The Sopranos and filming and everything, and then he didn't even end up on the show. Here's what happened. I would like to tap into some acting and, and, and do that as well. I think uh, I was trying it when I was a little younger, but they used to tell me my face, I had a baby face, and mm-hmm. I was like actually losing some roles because I wasn't looking old enough to play. I lost a role on The Sopranos back in the days, and they just said I just looked like I was 17, 18 next to, this, to, to these mob, like Italian mob guys, and I, you know, they ended up using somebody else, and I shot the shot it and everything, and they just like, you just look like yeah. a baby compared to them. That sucks that you went through all that work, and then they decide that you just look too young. <laughs> yeah, so I'm saying, how old was Fab then? Fab had to be like in his early 20s, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and yeah, maybe late 20s. Because how long ago was that? That was like 13 years ago? Yeah, it wasn't too many black people. I don't remember no black people on Sopranos. Fab Dominican, though, right? I think he's half and half. Yeah. I don't remember no people of color on Sopranos like that. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, I don't remember either. I don't recall. Yeah, off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody. Now, it went black for the last episode. Very last episode, it just went black at the end. Shut up. Go ahead, Yee. (laughs) All right, now let's talk about Kareem Hunt. He was driving down a freeway, and there's video footage of this that TMZ Sports got. And, uh, you know, he, he plays for the Cleveland Browns. He's a running back for the Cleveland Browns. And he goes past an officer, and the officer stops him. And Kare- the cop gets him out of the car. And here's what happens. Officer, I've been through a lot. I know you have. Trust me. I man, through, through the, yes, through the trenches, man. So you knew about this stuff, right? Uh, it's, it's my brother. It's my... I hate to say this, but, I mean, you, if anybody, should, should know that, like, if you're trying to, like, so he was pretty emotional while he was talking to this police officer and the cop did let him off with just a speeding ticket and sent him on his way he took the weed from him, but sheesh, that could have went left. Mm-mm-mm. That, that yes. officer is going to get suspended, I'm sure, now because of You that. think so? Hell yeah. You let somebody go with an open bottle, an open container of liquor and weed, 
and is taped. But I wonder how that video footage got out. That's what I said. They must have released it. Does a police officer have to arrest you? I believe so. You know, your father's a cop. Like, they're not obligated to do that. Don't, he, can't they use their my, judgment and not? My dad's been retired for like 15, 20 years. Because he I, did give him a ticket still. He just didn't <laughs> give him. A ticket. I'm not, I, you know what? I'm not sure. Was I'm there anybody sure. else in the car with him? I know. He was. Maybe they let somebody else drive. But the open container liquor is serious, I, I, I would assume. That's maybe that, maybe, that a, maybe that's just a ticket in some places. Maybe. Though. I don't know. In some places, open container might just be a ticket. All right, Jaden Smith is celebrating Tyler, the Creator's Grammy win. Now, he posted, my boyfriend just won a Grammy. And then Tyler responded, ha ha, you a crazy man. And Jaden responded, <laughs> I told everyone you can't deny it now. <laughs> First of all, I think Jaden Smith is the uh, Mahatma Gandhi of our generation. But that is how you talk to your hoes. You know when your hoes put you on blast on social media and be like, that's my boyfriend. Like, ha ha, you, you crazy. crazy. <laughs> ha you wild, you crazy, girl. Like, <laughs> look at Tyler treating Jaden like one of the hoes. All right, now, a judge has sentenced Jelani Mirage in court, and Jelani Mirage is Nicki Minaj's brother. Mm -hmm. uh, he was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison following oh, the hurt. guilty verdict in his child rape trial. So, Well, he earned him 25 years. Right, so they said that we hope that today's verdict will help the family in the healing process. Mm -mm -mm. I'm sure that has to be tough for the rest of the family to have to deal with and for the family of the young girl. And listen to this, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, according to experts who actually book for speaking engagements and book deals, they could get $500,000 or more each to speak in front of people. So looks like they're going to do okay even after uh, leaving the royal family. How much do they get for hosting parties, though? Probably about the same. I got about 10 stacks for them. Yeah, you probably get... They'll get... definitely get more than 10 stacks to host a party. Stop it. Oh, it should be man. out here Super Bowl weekend. I'm in Miami. We could book them somewhere. Megan will get more for Prince Harry. Let's get them in the office. Yeah, we bring them to Queens, the Queens Club. We get about 10 stacks. I think. How old are they? They still club age? Yes. Yeah, they're still about okay. club age. So Megan, Megan will definitely get more for Prince Harry. Megan will get about... You think so? 15 for the walkthrough. Really? But yeah, Prince, yeah, Prince yeah. you can say I got the Prince walking through. Yeah, Prince Harry. How many Harry. followers she got on Instagram? Yeah, that's a good question. Let me see. Let me see. You got, <laughs> we might be jumping out the window yeah, here. Yeah, we might yeah, be pricing see, her too see, high. How many followers Prince? They said if they went and did joint speaking appearances, they would get about a million dollars each. Man, we talking about hosting parties, man. And then if they do like a v VIP meet and greet, you know how much those make? How much? How much? And if they have merch. How many followers she got on Instagram? She has 446,000. I can't give it oh, up. Oh, no, nah, she ain't getting no 15. I, I give about through. five stacks. That's it. <laughs> Megan Markle gets five stacks for the walkthrough. She got 446,000. But I thought they had, for a period of time, get, they had to get rid of their social media. Are you sure that's her page? Oh, now, now the producer's saying that's a fan Yeah, no, account. no, no. They oh, had to do it. It's the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. So it's the at Sussex Royal. That's what they had to do. It's 11.1 million. 11.1 million? 11.1 million? Mm-hmm. So in the UK, they will get they can get top dollar for a walkthrough. Here in America, five racks. If they post it, now, nah, if they post it with 11, five, 11 million followers, we give them 10. If you got to do it in the UK, them, I guarantee majority of them followers in the UK. You're right. You're right, five racks. Five racks for the walkthrough for Five Megan racks Marvel. for the walkthrough. Oh, they'll and, definitely, and, come on now, stop and, it. And a bottle for Prince Harry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Prince Harry get a bottle, man. Yeah, bottle, yeah, bottle and a hookah. We're throwing a hookah, That's too. It. You want to get a hookah? I get a hookah. Hookah for Harry. <laughs> Y'all lying. All right, well, that is your rumor report. I'm Angela Yee. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, we got a couple of birthdays we got to celebrate, all right? Shout out to Rakim. The God Rakim is today's Rakim. birthday. Also, Rick Ross. Ricky Rose is his birthday. And shout out to Travis. J. Cole's birthday. I know Travis somewhere excited as hell.
Oh, you so, know he probably done bought a cake. He's celebrating. All that. So we're going to get a, a mix on with all of those guys. So let me know your favorite joints from all of them. You know, the mix is short. So it's going to be real fast. And uh, shout the revolt. We'll see you tomorrow. It's the Breakfast Club tomorrow. EJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, indeed. Mayor of Atlantic City, Marty Smalls. Welcome, sir. What's up, DJ Envy, Charlamagne the God? Marty, what's up, King? Pleasure for me to be here. Now, now for those, those people that don't know, you just became mayor at the end of 2019. Yes. The I'm previous uh, mayor was uh, arrested for wire fraud. Yes. So, so let's talk about that, how you became the mayor of Atlantic City. Well, by law, um, by act of law, I'm the, I was the city council president for the city of Atlantic City. Mm -hmm. And by statute, if something was to happen to the mayor, the city council president ascends to the position automatically. So around 5 o'clock, October 3rd, um, I became the official mayor, well, acting mayor of the city of Atlantic City. Then the next day, we held a private swearing-in ceremony and then a public um, press conference mm -hmm. uh, to announce me as the new mayor. And, you know, it's not the traditional way to get the seat, but as I always said, at the same time, it's an incredible opportunity so then there was a couple more hurdles. Um, we got support from the Atlantic City Democratic Committee, mm -hmm. 33 to nothing. And that was the next step. And then it went to city council, who by unanimous vote selected me. And on October 15th, the acting title was removed. And I'm to serve um, until the special election coming up in June. And then that will be for the balance of his term. And then next year is the full four-year term. Okay. What did you think of him as a mayor before that situation happened? They say he stole like what, 87 grand or something like that from a youth basketball team. Yeah, I mean that's 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 unfortunate, and I always uh, stayed above the fray, and I wanted uh, to let the legal process uh, play out. As I stated, oftentimes that was between him and the FBI, and the world saw the uh, final results. I mean, you know, it's his situation. I'm not going to kick the man while he's down, but um, I can only say that I'm ready to take Atlantic City to the next level and various levels. And with that, you know, Atlantic City's a gold mine of people. And like I was telling Envy, um, we're fighting this uh, change of government where retired North Jersey Senator Ray Lesniak, billionaire casino owner of resorts, mm -hmm. uh, Local 54, um, Bob McDevitt, who's the head of the casino unions, they are conspiring to overturn the city of Atlantic City's government because they can't control who's in charge. Mm -hmm. I've always been one that's been purely for the people not for the power brokers, and I'm always going to do what's best for the city of Atlantic City. So they had a petition. Um, we believe that the petition was defective. Um, how they got the signatures, they played on uh, people's emotion. When we had a spree of three murders in 10 days with two females getting killed, they said, if you want to stop violence, sign this. When the Section 8 list came out, if you want to get on the Section 8 list, sign this. So it looks like we're headed for a battle um, on March 31st to change the form of government and we're just telling people to vote no and if this can happen in Atlantic City it can happen in any town so what are they um, trying to do with Atlantic City are they trying to control Atlantic City so they yes. can do what they want to do with the casinos the casinos everything is tied to North Jersey casinos mm -hmm. and we already had an overwhelming referendum where the voters about 86% rejected casinos in the north so you question why would someone from Elizabeth New Jersey be interested in saying we need a better government for Atlantic City so if the yes prevails, all 10 elected officials, the nine council people and myself, are immediately gone. Mm. And so who, who, who would run Atlantic City? How was Atlantic White City? White people? Run? Yes. It's, it's, it's definitely racist. And um, people that know me know that I speak my mind. This couldn't happen in any other town. Like I said, the, the, the state of New Jersey and the money that goes out of the city of Atlantic City 
to the tune of $154.5 million that the residents of Atlantic City don't see. So all of those amenities and things that you get. So Charlemagne, you come to Atlantic City tomorrow, right? And you stay to Monday. You stay at Pick a Casino, Hard Rock. Mm -hmm. You park your car, that's parking tax. Mm -hmm. You check into the room, that's hotel tax. You say, I'm going to a concert that night or buy a drink, that's that's the luxury tax. Mm -hmm. After the game, after the concert, you say, look, it's a West Coast basketball game on. That's sports betting. When you, you do that three days in a row, the city of Atlantic City doesn't get a penny. Where does that money go what? to? The, the money goes to the state of New Jersey, and they wonder why. Um, wow. Because our casino industry in 2014, five casinos closed, and over 10,000 people lost jobs. And as they say, so goes Atlantic City, so goes the region, so goes the state. When we were the golden goose, uh, when we delivered $5.2 in casino revenue in 2006, everybody loved Atlantic City. Money was flowing. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, when we had an economic downturn, nobody's, uh, you know, exempt from that. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the country. That's the world. So and all that money that comes into Atlantic City, the residents of Atlantic City gets none of that? They don't none. use that to build nothing Z up, the schools? Zero. The we have no additional revenue streams, and that's why... Damn. That's crazy. That's why that's, Atlantic City look like that outside of the casino areas. Well, and, you know, we're trying to change that. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm here today to let everyone know that um, there is a beautiful city. There's some strong, resilient people. We're going to defeat this change of government, and I'm going to carry out my, mi my mission and vision to make the city of Atlantic City all that it can be by diversifying um, our offerings beyond casino gaming. I right. mean... We have to do different things. We have to get housing. That's why, you know, you know, we bought you, C's, and everybody else. We're trying to leverage our relationships so that way we can rebuild our rateable base and become self-sufficient and not rely on state funding or anything else. We are open for entertainment, too. It's wide open. We are going to have an urban festival on the beach called Wave 2020. Um, I'm, a, I'm claiming it now. We're going to have DJ Envy's car show this year or else. And... <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the rumors of Atlantic City's demise is greatly exaggerated. And, you know, I plan to lead the charge, um, bring like-minded people to the city of Atlantic City and kind of change the climate and the culture as we're doing in City Hall. And speaking of Shaquille O'Neal, he partnered with Wasim Borai on a 250 luxury apartment unit um, in Atlantic City, and it's 85% sold out, and it's not even a year. Shaq ain't playing. Mm -hmm. Well, we appreciate you for joining us, brother. Absolutely. Marty, Mayor Marty Small Sr. Um... I have a presentation. This is the proclamation of the city of Atlantic City. It says, whereas The Breakfast Club is a syndicated radio show based in New York City that currently airs in over 90 radio markets around the country and is also televised on the Revolt TV network. It says, whereas The Breakfast Club, every day millions of listeners and viewers across the country turn into The Breakfast Club for a thoroughly entertainment experience while gaining knowledge and insight. And whereas I, Marty Small Sr., mayor of the great city of Atlantic City, desire to recognize the Breakfast Club and proudly commend DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God for their continued commitment to inform the public. And now, therefore, I hereby proclaim Tuesday, January 23rd, as the Breakfast Club Day in the city of Atlantic City, and wish you continued success. Thursday, you mean? There we go. Thursday, thank you, though. Thank you. Thursday, January 23rd. Right. There we go. And I have another presentation. This says, Key to the City. Oh, sh**. Yeah. It says, Key to the City of Atlantic City, presented to DJ Envy 
and appreciation for your outstanding efforts to market and promote Atlantic City. That's dope. Thank you. Mayor Marty Small Sr. Thank you, sir. Wow. That's dope. Congratulations. Can I open up any door with this? Man, I don't know about that. <laughs> is Chick-fil-A open on Sunday with that? <laughs> and lastly. This is dope, man. So, but this one says, City of Atlantic City, Key to the City, presented to Flippin' NJ. Yeah. Season, in appreciation for his outstanding efforts in, to promote and market the City of Atlantic City. Mayor Marty Small Sr., January 23rd. 2020. Caesar wants to know that that opened Chick Fil A on Sunday. Shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's on a diet, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Well, Marty, we appreciate you for joining That's us, man. Nah, Thank man, you so I, much, I, man. I, I appreciate the opportunity, and um, like I said, um, Atlantic City is all the way back. All right. Well, it's yeah. the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. All right. Well, shout to Mayor Marty Smalls for joining us. All right. Now, um, yeah, you out in Miami, right? Yes, I'll be out here for a few days because I have a bunch of events happening. But today, I am hosting the Giving Gracefully Awards, honoring game-changing philanthropic athletes and public figures. So I will be there at Nobu Hotel in Miami Beach today doing those honors. All right. You got a positive note? Yes, the positive note is simply this. I feel like somebody is going to need this word today in life. It's important to know when to stop arguing with people and simply let them be wrong. 